0: Health Fuels Hustle, a podcast for business owners looking to create their own brand of work life balance. This podcast is for creatives looking to improve their health naturally and funnel that energy into the work they live and love. I'm your host, Amy Karetsky, an acupuncturist, herbalist, and health coach for creatives. Hey, everyone. So we're officially back with interviews now for season four of Health Fuels Hustle, and I'm really excited about this interview. It's um, with Lindsay Mack, someone that I've really looked up to and who I've learned a lot from over the last couple years. And for anyone interested in tarot, like this is the episode for you. You know, we talk about health and healing, we talk about business, but we talk about tarot too, and um, I think you're really going to like it. I also wanted to take a moment here to share something with you, especially for all you, or really exactly for all you tarot lovers out there, something that I'm gonna be doing, um, actually starting really soon, Um, starting the first Sunday in June. I'm doing a workshop series uh, during the four Sundays in June. So I think that starts on June 3rd, and then the last one is June 24th. And it's gonna be a series of four breathwork groups that are really about focusing on embodying and deepening our relationship to the first four archetypes in the tarot. So basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna connect each week to, um, like the first week will be the fool, and then the magician, and then the high priestess, and then the empress, and it'll be a conversation, and then it'll be breath work. And really my intention with this is For it to be an opportunity for all of us to really like deeply connect and understand these four archetypes in a more like really healing and supportive way. I know sometimes um, there can be a lot of fear around some of these cards. Like, you know, when the fool shows up, there can be the the fear of taking the leap. Um, You know, some of us might have had issues or currently have issues really connecting to the manifestation of the magician or the intuitive um, powers of the high priestess and I know that the empress can be really difficult um, for a lot of people especially those that um, don't feel like they had good relationships with their mothers or have trouble in um, feeling really connected to their body or uh, don't belong to like a cisgendered uh, binary so I just really wanted to create an open space for us to have healing around some of these archetypes and really just embody these archetypes for the night and really allow our own intuition and our own amazing ability to download information, which like breathwork does better than really anything else. Um, So I wanted to give that opportunity to all of us to do together. Um, Note that this is not a tarot class. I am not a tarot teacher, you know, Go take one of Lindsay Mack's classes if you want to learn more about the specific cards. Like this is really an opportunity for people who are already um, in relationship with the tarot and have an understanding of all of these archetypes to really kind of peel back the layers and get a a deeper, more nuanced understanding of the cards. Um, This is not going to be like a newbie tarot 101 course or anything um the classes are going to be or like the workshops are going to be every Sunday in June like I said it'll be in the evening it'll be on zoom which is like a free online service that anyone in the world can join recordings are going to be shared for those of you that can't make it live although the live conversation part I think is going to be super special um what else you can find all the information about like the exact times and the exchange and everything on my website. It's com slash events. It's like the top event on that page right now. And also, I really want to say that um, I feel really passionate about how amazing this series can be. I've been wanting to do breath work. Um, in connection with the archetypes of the major arcana and the tarot for a while now. And this just, it never felt like the right time. And then all of a sudden, like it was the right time. So that's why I'm sharing it with you today. And it's really important to me that we get um, people joining that are connected to the tarot, no matter uh, what other sort of limitations you might have. So if there's any sort of um, financial limitation, I... I really want everyone to join, so reach out to me and we can, there's some scholarship spots available, there's room for trade. Um, I want this to be a really supportive and open environment for everyone. So I'm putting it out there for all of you to come and join me. I think it's going to be really beautiful and really fun. And with that, um, let's, let's talk about Lindsay. So today on the podcast, we've got an interview with Lindsay Mack. Lindsay Mack is the founder of Wild Soul Healing and host of the podcast Tarot for the Wild Soul. She's an intuitive healer, holistic counselor, teacher, and tarot reader based in Brooklyn, New York. She's also the creator of Soul Tarot, a way of interpreting, understanding, and intentionally utilizing the tarot as wild medicine for our soul's growth and evolution. Soul Tarot is a fusion of channeled wisdom from her guides, her 22 years of experience reading and studying tarot, and her own healing journey. Lindsay has contributed pieces on the tarot for Modern Women's Many Moons Workbook and to Ruby Warrington's book Mystical Girl Material World. Her work with the tarot has been written about and featured in the New York Times, the Huffington Post, Well and Good, Nylon Magazine, and Free and Native, just to name a few. Lindsay is someone that I am so honored to bring on this podcast because she's someone that has been a really influential teacher for me over the last couple years as I have deepened my own knowledge with the tarot Um, and I'm also just really honored that I can call her a friend as well and we had a really wonderful conversation that I'm going to share with you right now all about the spiralic journey of being a business owner on our bodies and how we care for them and also on some of the the, the difficult and so beautiful medicine of the Tower and Wheel of Fortune cards. I hope you enjoy this episode today. All right, so welcome everyone. You just heard me introduce uh, my friend Lindsay, and I am so very thrilled to have her on this show. She is someone that I um, really look up to as a teacher and as a intuitive counselor and also as like a business peer. And I'm really excited to have this conversation with her. And when I uh, polled all of y'all this winter and asked who you wanted me to interview, many of you brought up her name. So I'm really excited. Really? To- yes. <laughs> oh my God. Did so I not nice. tell you that before?
1: <laughs> no, that's Thanks,
0: everyone. (laughs) So yeah, so many of you that are listening are probably somewhat familiar with Lindsay's work, but there's also a lot of you that I know that listen to this podcast that are maybe um, just barely dipping your toe into like the woo-woo water, so you might not have met Lindsay yet, and so I'm actually going to start this out with Lindsay giving you an opportunity to just like share a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do in your healing work.
1: Absolutely. Well, first I want to say that it's a joy and an honor to be here with you and I'm so excited to be here. Um, so I am a, a tarot reader and I'm a, a tarot reader, tarot teacher. I do really deep intuitive soul work with people utilizing the tarot. Um, my aim is to be as conscious as and as gentle with nervous with people's nervous systems as possible, so there can really be an opportunity to <clears throat> hopefully in session unearth and release some trauma. Really offer a space of um, gentle healing. That's the vibe, anyway. Um, but professionally speaking, I'm a tarot reader, tarot teacher, and the founder of Tarot for the Wild Soul, which is also the name of my podcast. Which is all about tarot so that's a like a bite-sized version of what I do
0: which is also an amazing podcast by the way and I recommend it to tons of people because for one reason or another I get a lot of people reaching out to me that are like tarot newbies and they're like okay I'm just just checking it out like where do I need to start and literally the two places that I send people are your podcast and the Little Red Tarot website Uh, they're like my two favorite
1: well, thank, A, again, thank you, and B, I mean, there's just nobody better than Beth.
0: Seriously. She's,
1: they're the best. I love Beth so much.
0: I love that website so much. I also get mm. a lot of people reaching out specifically, like, wanting to know about tarot decks that aren't super, like, heteronormative. And I'm like, guess mm-hmm. what? Little Red Tarot has, like, so many blog posts about so many <laughs> different, like, amazing <laughs> decks out there, and so I love sending people their way. Oh, that's great. Okay, so I want to start um, – I want to start here. I noticed that in your description of what it is that you do, I never actually heard you use the word healer, even though like tarot for the wild soul and like uh, wild soul healing is technically your business name. And this season I'm interviewing other healers and I'm just going to say that like the word healer is something that I've taken a really long time to like embrace and I'm still Mm. like feeling a little resistance around it even in my own body when I like call myself that and I know that it's a really charged word for a lot of people but it is like a main word in your practice like you know wild soul healing so I was just hoping you can maybe like tell us a little bit about that and about maybe your first healing practice because I know that tarot wasn't always like your main jam it's true um so
1: I am a total fan of people and the term, both for myself and others, like the utilization and the embracing of the word healer. Um, I don't know why I often omit it, though, <laughs> because I I do and like um, I do. Like it might be on my like website. It probably is. Um, Yeah, I don't know why. I'm going to think about that while we're talking. But I do consider myself very much uh, somebody who does healing work and and hopefully opens that door for for folks. Um, So, yeah, tarot, uh, I've always – I've had a hand on tarot since I was about 11. But it had no part in my career. Um, In about – I think it was 2011 – Um, really 2010, I went to school at Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a health coach and it's actually quite, quite a transformative curriculum and it was totally not what I was expecting. Um, my, I was like babysitting, I wanted to be an actor at that time and was wildly suffering from PTSD and really it was, um, a lot of people don't know this, I'll just bring some some light and some normalcy to it is that like people who say they have PTSD, they look usually okay, but it's, it's like every day, you know, is um, especially when you're not privileged enough to have the support system or the medication or whatever you might need to process it. And that was where I was in 2010, pretty much up to 2014 and like, Way before 2010, <laughs> it was just sort of um, it was like really one day at a time, um, and I just didn't. It took me a really long time to understand that I had some healership. I was a pretty um, tender-hearted person who didn't really know that I was tender-hearted because I there had been abuse and. I really assimilated that anger and that violence actually, and was really rough with myself, with other people, and would often oscillate. And I just, I never thought of myself as somebody who could like help, and yet I look back on my whole life, I've been holding space for people my whole life, and also pushing them away when they got too close, you know, so I just, it it was a moment, my life had started to really take a turn, my trauma was driving me toward like Tara rock and mindfulness. And I'd never heard of these things, but there were these doors that kept opening and that led me to the first place that I could go um, that didn't cost me uh, as much as a master's degree in psychology would because I didn't have the money and I didn't really have the capacity to consider that. So I went to school and it was super transformative. It changed my life and it really empowered me to be able to say, This food has such a such a profound effect on me personally. I was very excited to support people who had anxiety, trauma, who were healing from abuse, healing from childhood trauma with food and with mindfulness. And that is exactly what I did. I went to school for I can't remember, I think it's two years. Um, when I went, it was two years, I think. Um, and I opted to do an extra add on that was like the master's program or whatever. It's really not that big of a deal, but I wanted to do as much as I could. And um, in 2011, I was a certified coach and uh, opened up my practice in a baby way and started a wellness practice in Manhattan with a yoga teacher. And she's also a survivor. Um, and we were fiercely. Dedicated with no money and no connections and nothing, um, fiercely dedicated to serving, and we worked our asses off and did pretty well. And then in 2014, um, I my PTSD reached what we would call like the breakdown point, but really it was like the turning point. I can truly say that, um, and I realized that a lot of what I was doing in my coaching practice didn't actually work. It worked, but only up to a point. And it was a real come to Jesus. And by the
0: way, that doesn't can you make- go into detail a little like, I don't yeah. know if that's, does that something you feel comfortable doing right now?
1: Oh yeah. Into detail about what
0: part? About like what didn't work. Cause I coming at a, coming yeah. at it from a place of like my own practice, you know, shifting and evolving and really having to, feel comfortable with letting like parts of my business die and other parts of my business grow oh, yeah. and letting that like constantly shift and evolve. i think um as a business owner can be really difficult and so many of the people listening to this are business owners and they feel like you know they have to do the vision that they initially saw and if that yeah. doesn't succeed then they're quote-unquote a failure so like just hearing your story about letting that change would be really helpful
1: Absolutely. I'd be delighted to share it. And, you know, it goes into some heavy waters, but, um, maybe, maybe not as heavy as I think, actually. I, um, it was slow. It was all of a sudden I was seeing with the very, very few clients that I had, like, I, there was a very short distance I could take them before I hit this soft wall. And I didn't know what that was. I thought that it was my capacity or my, my issues or my problems. What it actually was, was that I was hitting the soft wall. Um, that was the end of me working without my intuition, Mm -hmm. which I was, I had nothing to do with my work. I didn't know that I was an intuitive until like a couple of years ago. Really? Um, I look back on my life and I'm like, I just didn't have a name for it. It's always been with me, but I didn't know that I had the capacity to bring that down into sessions. For some reason, I wanted to keep spirituality really separate. I don't know why, um, because it had always been a part of my life, but at that point it was very separated, and I started to fracture. And all the work that I had done to clean up my diet and to change my life and my lifestyle – I had another really bad um, fall backward into, well, there's no such thing as falling backward, but it feels like you're falling backward. I had a really bad um, re-triggering and really was like, not only do I not think I'm gonna make it out of this, but I'm too tired um, already and I'm 30 and I don't know how I'm gonna keep going and the grief and despair of the work that had meant so much to me and had really changed my life, ultimately not really working
0: yeah.
1: or helping, it was devastating because it was really the first thing that had really helped. And um, it was really slow. It was like I saw everyone I could. I, I talked about it. And at the time, I really thought my life was kind of ending. And you know that, that was the first most epic time that's happened to me what we're talking about has happened in my tarot business probably a hundred times in the last four years, but it um, has felt different. Okay. But I had to let myself fall apart and get rebuilt in a way that was actually structurally sound. And from that, my tarot business like literally flowed right from that. There was literally Almost no effort to the igniting of that because it just came from me doing me. So I'm not sure how succinctly or how well I'm putting this, but to anyone listening who's really at this cornerstone moment, perhaps not as extreme as I was, but at this moment where you're looking around you and you're saying to yourself, all the money, all the time, all the investment and I'm coming up dry. It's not actually working for me anymore. And what I'm saying to people is falling short in my mouth. I don't buy it, I don't believe it. You're actually right on the verge of expanding and evolving beyond what you ever thought was possible, but everything in you is gonna feel like, well this is the end of my life, I'm failing, and this is it for me. But it's really it for the smaller version, even though it feels so big, Because every single time, you know, my business is quite robust and I feel that that comes from and came from my willingness to do whatever I could do to evolve through the extreme experience of what I was going through. I really think our businesses are akin to our life. You know, it, it's really hard to separate, especially when you're interested in soul centered business and yeah, a lot absolutely. of people, you know what I mean? And so, um, whenever I do me, my business follows and that's really all I've ever had to worry about.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is why this podcast is called health feels hustle. Cause I absolutely. like 100% like firmly believe that if we like put our health and ourselves first, that like everything else is going to fall into place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Something that came up for me when you were talking about that is that, um, for me personally, whenever I've come to those points in my business or in my life in general, like there's something really somatic about it. Like I really can feel it in my body. Like I, have like knots in my stomach and like I'm not breathing very well and like my neck hurts so, like there's always just something that just feels so constricted in my body and and it's once I give myself permission basically to do things in a completely different way um, or the way that's more aligned with me then everything just kind of like like just relieves itself
1: absolutely and I think you know that's part of the reason why it's such a gift and a blessing that you're doing this podcast because I feel like that in and of itself is really an art form. Like, like I can, I'll speak for myself. I'm so eager to talk to you more about that outside of this podcast because there's still a level of hypervigilance that I have around moments and, 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 um, tantruming that I always go through Whenever I'm ready for an upgrade, um, it's so hard. Um, just uh, you know, my my journey with my body is not an easy one in this lifetime. So no. it's in many. I think everyone can resonate that, but like it's really we're in a we're in a very interesting marriage in this lifetime. So I I just want to lift you up and honor that your awareness of that I think is so profound. I really Thank do. You.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. You. And I know, like, um, people out here listening, you can listen to some other interviews that Lindsay's done to go a little bit deeper into this. But um, she's had some tower moments. Um, And for those of you that aren't familiar with the tarot, let's just kind of even backtrack a little bit and explain what the tower is. But the tower is... A card in the tarot it's one of the the big major cards that I would say gets a bad rap it's probably a gentle so, way so of yeah. putting it um <laughs> <laughs> and there's um some people out there that see the tower and they just have are fearful and think of like doomsday destruction and there's other people um and one of the reasons why I love Lindsay is because uh I think you're kind of at the forefront of this movement of really kind of embracing the tower for its medicine without um, negating the fact that it is a difficult card to move through. It's a difficult yes. energy to move through. It is not necessarily fun, but that there is some like incredibly deep and transformative like medicine in that card.
1: Yeah,
0: Um absolutely. And I myself have had tower, like there's one, there's two moments um, in my life that I really consider tower moments, mm. tower moments and both of them um, relate to my physical body and my physical health. And I know right now um, mm-hmm. you were going through a tower moment that is very related to your physical health as well, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know. It's just interesting to me of how I, I've never really before looked at the tower and thought like of, a literally crumbling and rebuilding of the body physically, but it's almost kind of what's coming up to uh, me right now in this moment.
1: 100%. And you know, And the thing, like, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, and we don't have to go, we don't have to, like, stay on this for a while, but the thing that is so, the thing that I'm learning with the tower, um, especially now, because I am working through this health thing, but it's also not a health thing. It's the most bizarre thing. So I have this um, neurological condition that I've probably had my whole life, And it's totally fatal, but technically speaking, it can kill you, but it's also not doing anything to me. And it hasn't done anything to me for years. And you can have surgery for it, but I'm not eligible. So it's kind of like, it's there with me. It's not doing anything to me. So all it's really doing is elevating and intensifying what we all work with every day, but don't want to face, which is the fact that life is temporary and we could die at any moment. It's just... In my field, and something that I work with a lot, just around like, you know, it's related to the head. So, you know, I'm working through my own journey with like trusting that headaches are not a problem, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. But, like, I, you know, I mentioned that it's really no, it's really fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. It was really more of an answer to a question that I've had for a really long time. And I won't even mention the specifics because it honestly doesn't matter, but I mention it because I'm learning it's this journey has not been and the journey through these tower moments. And I mention this also because I think it's parallel to our conversation about business. You know, my experience with this quote diagnosis and kind of living with this condition that has almost no effect on my day to day life other than my own brain chemistry and my own work with death and stuff and presence is that every time I kind of ride the tower, like fully I'm changed and it's almost hard to keep up with. Like things are changing at a rate for me that are faster than what I can even talk about. And it's not saying like, Oh my God, I'm evolving. Everything's great. It's just like you surf these waves that are delivered up through the body and it it takes a while to bring them into v- verbal communication because you can feel them, but yeah. you can't always discuss them. And I think that is so what the, the example and I think the epiphany that you just had while you were talking, which is that, that I think the tower is very related to the physical body and the undoing and the redoing is not so like what happens when we have these like soul shifts with the trajectories of our businesses it's almost it's very difficult to talk about for a little while
0: oh absolutely
1: and it it doesn't happen in just one like i didn't just like you know anyone who even if you figure out like oh you have you know whatever like anything with the body it's all cyclical so it's not like you get news and then you walk away from it. It's just you know, it's your journey with whatever you're going through, whatever it is, you know. Um,
0: well, and like related to like business and how those sorts of like evolutions are like happening constantly, and you're in it, so you're just like riding that wave, and it's feeling right. it's it's feeling big, but it's also feeling really like normal because you're you're flowing in along in it the whole time. Whereas like for me, I one of the. Um, I guess you could say, like, fears or anxieties that I have in business a lot is that, like, I feel like these transformations that I'm going through are just like this gentle, spiralic evolution, like, feels totally normal to me and it feels completely aligned but then i'm like okay so someone that maybe got on my newsletter list like five years ago because they saw some blog posts i wrote about like sinus infections and acupuncture is like what the fuck is she talking about like the tower and <laughs> tarot like what and so I like know. for me it feels like oh yeah it's totally connected i can see how like sinus infections and the tower and like it all comes together but for someone else it's like mind blown and i know i just have to like gently accept that that the right people will totally. to stick along, and the wrong, like the wrong people won't. It's fine.
1: They sh- they sure will, absolutely. And that really is the truth. They really will.
0: Yeah. Um, to like kind of stay with this topic, but shift gears a little bit. One yeah. of the things that I feel that you, um, really embrace that you've embraced with like grace this year is this idea of saying no to saying yes. Or like saying no mm-hmm. in order to say yes, and by like saying more, no more often, it's actually saying yes to like your bigger purpose or higher soul work or yes. um, whatnot. And and I feel like the tower has a, a large part to play in that, and and I think that that has a lot to do with self care because I think you know um, I like talking about self care on this podcast because that's really in my opinion like some of the basis of um, health. And I don't talk about self-care in the sense of like, you know, let's go get our massages and take a bath, even though I fucking love baths and massages. Too. Like, they're great. Too. I need they're a massage so, great. so much right now. <laughs> but I like thinking about it in the sense of like, um, something as simple as saying no to like three things throughout the yeah. week, just like, three things you're going to take off of your calendar, like three things you're going to say no to, like that can be a huge form of self-care for somebody. Yeah. And I was just hoping that you could like, I don't know, expand on that and like how that's been a form of self-care for you maybe. Oh, hell yeah. So
1: what I have, you know, again, what I have found is that when I, and the, and it changes, right? Just as you said, the definition of what self-care means is changing all the time. When I take care of myself, um, my business grows in ways that I can't really explain. But I get better, my work gets better. I have more to say. There's more joy. Whenever I trust my gut, I mean, I, I mean, I'll just like lay this out for you that you're. I have a fairly large. Um, I'm. I am very blessed to be fairly in demand for readings um but that really doesn't mean anything because that kind of stuff changes all the time but for this moment that's true and um i it's the bulk of my income and i really started to feel no readings for a little while and i'm not rich so like I didn't understand how, but I knew that I was tired and I knew that I needed a break. And I also knew that I was starting to do readings and I was having like a very tiny version of what happened in 2010, where it's not that I didn't buy it. I still felt so connected, um, but I was not as... I was having issues with my deck a little bit. Like, there, there was something going on, and I thought, and my, my, I just thought, you know, okay, like, then don't do them. Then don't do them for a little while, which was actually very difficult, and I had quite a bit of kickback, and it took me a long time to disentangle from doing readings. But the thing that I didn't understand, like, I thought, i thought two things were happening i thought well i'm probably totally burned out and i don't know it or something's coming in that's like so spectacular that i'm being shifted away what it really was was like no you just all of a sudden i had the space to have like gentle nights off Mm -hmm. and enjoy my life and take care of this body that had been through quite a bit of work and of effort and of creating courses and of diagnosis and you know all these things and that kind of large gap which is a big step as opposed to what you were saying about like just a couple things has informed my career and my relationship to those gentle shifts so much and it truly is something that I think is an unf it's it's um, an essential thing that is the hardest thing because h- hustle and busyness is still really valued, even in more quote spiritual or healer centered communities. Like there's a shitload of burnout and or exhaustion, or people feeling overwhelmed. No one. I often find that people are less likely to talk about it, um, oh, totally. which is. Un- yeah. Which is unfortunate. So, um, I like to really talk about and it and it's interesting cause since m- my own journey with being like, yeah, like my body is not I, like I'm learning a whole new way to be gentle with her and be of service. Cause I don't know that I ever was doing that. It's just all something that's really been opening my eyes. Um, and people automatically kind of assume like you're not okay or you can't hold up and it's like no it's it's all good i'm just working with working within my boundaries which might be different than your boundaries or my yes or my no that might be different than your yes or your no so i think that sometimes and i think this happens for me a lot it takes a i have to take one giant like leap off of the cliff out of a burning car for me to be like, oh, I can do this in baby steps. Great. <laughs> yeah. Like I've never been able to try. Like I'm looking back and realizing that's true. Like it, it I have to do one big escape, and then so much of that is um, so much of it just becomes clearer around building time for ourselves. Like for me, it's it's extremely cliched, but literally the most important part of my practice I don't care what I'm doing is that there's room for me to cook and feed myself um you know it's just and that wasn't always that wasn't always the case believe it or not so there there are definitely these profoundly important little tiny steps that we can take that make all the difference and can open us up to so much more receiving I think
0: you know yeah I mean I love really um reiterating re- reiterating that point that like it it doesn't have to be big huge things of like you know closing your books no, going forward does like, it can not be, need to be totally that. as simple <laughs> as like you know making sure that you cook food yourself yeah. at home or like eat a home-cooked meal um, more often than not and I also want to like kind of hmm, just like affirm for anyone that's listening that I feel like when it comes to this self-care burnout cycle, because it is a cycle or a spiral or whatever you want to call it, um, really affirm that like, it's not that you go through some burnout, you find self-care and you're quote unquote fixed. And it's going to be like, A-okay going forward. Cause I, myself, like I I work with clients on self-care. I work with clients doing this work. And um, I myself over this last year have even gone through the entirety of the spiral like multiple times where I will like come to a point where I'm realizing that I've got too much on my plate again and I'm overextending myself and I'm getting, I don't know if there is such a thing as like a gentle reminder of the tower, but I'm like, (laughs) I'm getting these like little reminders of like oh, yeah, like you have an autoimmune disease that's like not going yeah. anywhere. And like just because you were in quote-unquote remission, like remission kind of is not even really a thing. It's just like sometimes you're more on top of your care of yourself and other times you're not. And and so even myself recently, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm having symptoms again. I'm not feeling my best. I'm going to revisit revisit my, my stuff.
1: Yeah, and at the end, like so perfect that – we follow that. I don't know that there's a better way.
0: No, not you know now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, and I think too, like, you know, you and I are discussing different forms of what it is to live with, you know, quasi lifelong stuff, right? Like these gentle humming teachers in the background in the form of whatever it might be. It's not necessarily that you'll work with an autoimmune disease your whole life, certainly. But, and in fact, Who knows? I could not either with my experience as well. You know, you never know. But they are, like, I think this is really what I've learned maybe above all. And I think you, this is not a profound statement because I think you really live this. You have communicated this. But something that I've actually begun to embody is that the body is not the it's not the pain in the ass problem. Like if we just have more energy, more time, da da da. It is. It is the flame that if we're willing to tend it, take care of it, keep it bright and shining, we have. We will have m- not necessarily more time, more energy, more more hustle to do more, but we will have more clarity about where we're being taken. Like. I can tell you that things have come into my life from not doing readings that have created scenarios for me to um, make some more passive income, something that wasn't even on my radar. And it has offered me the chance to move through some personal shit, move apartments, like get to do things that I never would have been able to do. And I got there just by listening to the fact that my body, she needed like a three month break you know, and that's it. And and I'm opening my books up in a month and I'm, I feel so ready, refreshed, excited, and prepared for that. So I think that when you have something like an autoimmune disease, when you have something like, you know, um, anything, that it is this profound um, little barometer of spirit, of soul, of truth that, you know, We go back and forth with this human beings like, uh, fuck, you know, if you were not here, I'd be able to do this, 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 but I truly believe that everyone doing this work has something like that. No matter. Yeah. Like it, it truly, because it's what helps us dig, so that we can help others dig, so we can go deep with other people. It's really hard to do this work without having been drawn to it for your own healing journey in the first place. Yeah. So,
0: and like I, I firmly believe that like our bodies have this wisdom that we don't actually give it the opportunity to show itself a lot of the times. Um, okay. Like when I'm doing breath work with clients, something that I very commonly say to folks is that this is a chance for them to let the brain kind of turn off and let the body turn on and let that like wisdom of the body really come to the surface. And because we don't give it enough credit, you know, we're constantly overthinking, we're constantly overanalyzing, we're, we're thinking, we're thinking too much as opposed to feeling enough. And so um, that's kind of what I like to shift into with this like self-care as well and and with that space and with that time that you're talking about just giving yourself space and time to feel because when we're so busy yeah. all the time like with the hustle we're not sinking into the body as much we're not really allowing um we're not checking in with ourselves Yeah. And like that reaction inside of our bodies um and the other thing I was gonna say was that it really sounded to me like um, when you pulled back from like the business hustle a little bit more, like you got to do your life hustle. You moved. You like exactly. had some other stuff happen. Like there's more than exactly. one kind of hustle.
1: There is, and you know, my teacher says this to me a lot that you're either working in your work or you're working in your life, and there are times when work is the break. Yeah, where life where life is so hard and so I mean. Let's get real. My life is never going to be as hard as some folks out there. Yeah. That's clear. I'm a white lady and I acknowledge that hundred um, percent. But I am a human being who goes through my own human experiences in my own way and in this incarnation. And um, it can be really hard. It can be hard to work with trauma. It can be hard to work with whatever. Just you don't even need to have trauma. It can be hard. And there are times when The readings have been a profound respite and huge source of peace. And there are other times when it's like work.
0: Can we go there for a second? So, like, I think a lot of people, you know, some people listening are obviously interested in tarot and are. um, accustomed to what we're talking about, but there's going to be people listening that don't quite understand how tarot is a healing practice and like how mm-hmm. that can help with, um, like trauma informed healing and whatnot. And so do you want to share why you so strongly believe that like tarot is, um, a great healing tool?
1: Yes, I would be delighted. So I have been reading tarot and yeah, of course I studying it in Serious and not serious ways since I again I was about 11 or 12 and it was a part of my life very Sincerely I gave readings from the time. I was 12 all the way up through college not for money, but again really like in a very sincere way and Never really because also we're living in a time when and how lucky we are tarot is become more normalized and There is way more space for, like, when I was coming up a couple of years ago, like, no one had ever heard of someone who did tarot and coaching together. Like, it didn't, people were doing it, but it wasn't really happening in in more of a healership mainstream. Some folks may not have heard of that, but it's a little bit more common now. Anyway. And if then I you said can't, that. like,
0: throw a stone on Instagram without finding one of us. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It really
1: is. And it's it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But it was super weird and isolating. And and even when I was coming up, like, the, the weather has changed a bit more to kind of a holistic, soul-centered tarot coaching. And, like, there was not a goddamn person who was doing that Right. when I was coming up. I mean – I got all of the website names.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, okay, I, I firmly. Nobody was
1: nobody was doing that. Yeah, you I know?
0: firmly believe that. Like you were the first person that I was like, oh, I can. It doesn't have to be like a scary thing. Not that I felt, really felt like Tara was scary, but it felt something that was much more of a, like a swaddling of a blanket. You know, like it was yeah. just much more like warm embrace.
1: I, I try. Thank you. Um, and but to answer your question directly the way that the reason that I know that it can be a tool for really deep nervous system healing softening into the parasympathetic nervous system is because it worked for me and I started to see that um, if I was coming at my deck with very specific questions rather than what's gonna happen or What's on the even? What's on the horizon? But what am I being invited to pay attention to right now? Coming to my deck, very triggered, and just saying like, okay, the fact is, tr- the the facts are, I'm triggered. I don't know what to do for myself. May I have some guidance about a what I can do to caretake in this moment? B what it is that I'm believing so I can honor it and see um is there an action I can take or is there something that what really helped me was um what it was teaching me. Not everyone resonates with that, but I, I'll go through anything. I'll literally get barefoot and walk on fire. It's just part of my nature if it'll take me somewhere and it's not conditional. I just understand the value of what it is to To literally and figuratively walk through fire and come out really changed. So I'll do it, but it's really hard for me to do it if I don't know why I'm doing it. (laughs) It's a strange thing. I
0: mean, Um, something that I see in you that I feel is part of what makes you a really amazing tarot reader is... I mean, I think a lot of it is, um, this like base layer of intuition you have, but I also think that the training that you've gone through as a coach really informs the way that you come at your questions because like, you know, I've gone through coach training myself as well. Like it really is coaching is all about asking the right questions because you're, you're, it's all about getting the wisdom from the other person, like from the person that you're coaching that they already have inside of them and like really bringing it forward, letting it come to the surface. Um, but in order to do that skillfully, it's about asking the right questions. And basically what you're doing is you're asking the right questions of your deck as opposed to saying like, you know, am I going to find mm-hmm. a boyfriend next week? Or, you know, how do I yeah. land this job? You're, I don't know if that, if that makes sense to you.
1: It makes all the sense. And when, and and I think you mirroring that back to me, thank you for that validation. I, I do think that's true. And I won't even say that that's a skill that I came in with, like, I'm gonna give props to coaching because coaching is kind of starting, in some ways in a good way, and in some ways in kind of an unfortunate way, is starting to get kind of an interesting rap with some people, not, I think, universally, not with everyone, the coaches are incredible, but um, there's beginning to be, I think, some rhetoric, like, oh, well, you're just a coach, like, you know, X, Y, Z, and it's like, fuck yeah, I'm just a coach. Like, this shit teaches you more exquisitely than any, possibly any, service professional, the art of listening.
0: Hell yeah. You're preaching to truly. the fire Truly.
1: Yeah, like truly. Like, I've never been to a doctor that has truly listened to me. And I've been to good doctors. Yeah. It's not their deal. It's not their thing. That's our thing. We listen. It always comes from the other person. And when I think when you have a coach coaching informed tarot practice, there's always a sense of empowering your client rather than tripping
0: out on like what you know or don't know. So 100% because here's my rant for a second because I have a whole fucking blog post on this rant. Um, But basically there's a difference between what a coach is and what a consultant is. And I feel like part of what I've seen out there is I see a lot of people calling themselves coaches, but really what they're doing is consulting and they are um, telling people how they have lost weight or how they have... Um, cleared up their skin or, you know, fix their digestion or, and that's just on the health side. There's also on the business side, how they've made six mm-hmm. figures, how they've had these huge launches and, and that's not coaching. That's telling somebody your method that has worked for you, but it's not necessarily going to work for somebody else because that's not their, that's not them. And what that's it right. really does is it brings out the like true, the truth in the client, um, so that they can like be their brightest, shiniest, like most amazing self. That's going to want to bring all the clients to them like a magnet because they're so fucking awesome. Hell
1: yeah. And you know how I think that relates to your, to your initial question, which deserves, I think a a final thesis on it is that tarot can be a profound tool for healing because it's really a mirror that will be whatever you want. It will be for you whatever you want it to be, which might sound confusing for some people, but it's why some people's only exposure listening to this might have been might be like fortune tellers and charlatans. <laughs> because right. you can use it to manipulate, just like you can use religion to manipulate, and just like you can use coaching and self-help to manipulate. It will it will be what it will be. But you can also use it to be the intersecting point between you your guides or your wisdom or your higher self or whatever you want to put the infallible wisdom that flame that lives in everyone whether you want to call that intuition or inner knowing or spiritual connection whatever it's all the same and everybody's got it between you and your human self the vessel that is the body this deck of ancient archetypes where really If you spent some time with the deck, everyone knows what these cards mean somewhere in them because they're as ancient as time and something greater than us. And when there is this marriage of what we know as human beings, when we are willing to be open to the vast and beyond what we, quote, know, and if we're open to that, there can be this really beautiful influence of unconditionality and there can be this influence of again this this impact of spiral rather than straight line which is how you really know that you're hitting on some truth because you know guides and you know anything that will kind of communicate with you through tarot or whatever um, I'm veering off on something but it's not going to tell you like you should do this or you're bad or you're wrong or it's not okay it, and if we're the tarot can just be a beautiful mirror to help come back to center and be really seen. And if we can offer that to someone, it's just a mirror. And sometimes, you know, clients are, I love clients, but sometimes they're wily and the mirror changes. Sometimes like the mirror is extremely dark and foggy and not dark, like low vibrational, but like literally the lights are down. And part of our job can just be to bring the lights up. And just be like, whoa! You actually have a mirror. I don't know when you're going to get married, and let's let's spend time on just bringing you into connection with your with your reflection. And I'm going to help. And then other times people come in, and they're looking right at it. And they're saying, you know, I see I see where I'm at, and I don't quite know the next step. And that's always a joy to be able to do that because. Um, it's just, you know, for obvious
0: reasons, yeah. it's, you know. Well, one of the reasons why I love tarot so much is that um, I love self-care tools that are really empowering. And I really feel yeah. like tarot is super empowering. Like you totally. get to pull that card. You get to infer whatever information from it that you want to. You can make it as um, soul-filling as you need it to um, it's one of the reasons why i love breath work because it's really just like it's your own fucking breath like you're you know there's no yeah. person there like giving you their chi or like you know doing anything right. like needles or herbs it's like how totally diy like it's the most mm-hmm. diy healing thing ever and i feel like same sort of thing with tarot like yeah you gotta buy a deck of cards. But like once you have them, you can, they can last you a lifetime and that's all you need. Like you have everything you need in your hands then.
1: Yeah. And like, I don't know anyone who is done learning tarot at any point so that you, you not only have everything that you just said, but you also have this, this thing that will grow with you and you'll go through life experiences, you'll revisit certain cards and be like, that's completely different for me now. Yes, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's this mirror that keeps getting bigger, more beautiful with you. And so if and when someone comes in and they say, you know, I'm experiencing this thing or I'm healing, it, it can go right there with you.
0: It really can. I love that. Um, speaking of that, can we talk about the Wheel of Fortune for a second?
1: Yes, totally, always.
0: Which is like perfect because A, it's one of my favorite cards and B, um, we just talked about it yesterday because Mm -hmm. I'm taking uh, one of Lindsay's classes right now and we just had a call yesterday and we talked all about the Wheel of Fortune. And I talk about the Wheel of Fortune card a lot with my coaching clients because A, it gets pulled a lot. Like I pull the Wheel of Fortune a lot for clients. And I think that partly has to do with um, one of the, the ways that it's presented itself to me, which is really like very similar to the way that you presented it to us yesterday. It has a slightly different connotation to it. So I'll, I'll explain how I talk about it Please. And, um, Can't wait, and how you do, but uh, my, my, like, I don't want to say definition, but my interpretation of it is very much influenced by a reading that I had from Sarah Gottesdiener a while mm. back. And um, it was pulled for me in a reading that she did for me and she really got me thinking about the Wheel of Fortune in terms of the hub. And if you think of like a wheel, I'm a, I'm a bike nerd and so I talk about things as if it was like a bike wheel. So you can think of it where it's like the tire and then the rim and then the spokes and the hub and the hub is like the thing at the center that all of the spokes are attached to. Um, and when the wheel is moving, you know, it's kind of like a spiral. So sometimes you feel like you're going forward. Sometimes you feel like you're going backwards, even though, even when you're going backwards, you're still actually going forwards, but the hub, yeah. you know, you're, you just always feel really steady and that you're just going forward the whole time. And we were talking about it in terms of business and in terms of like, you know, me, not me needing to create some sort of consistency. So I'm not feeling like there's highs and lows all the time, but Mm -hmm. I like to think about it in terms of, um, our self-care when we incorporate self-care, it gets us closer to that hub. So when we're feeling like the highs are really high and the lows are really low, it's when we're kind of out of alignment with caring for ourselves and for our souls and we're maybe um, taking care of other people or our our attention is on other places and so then we can really kind of get whipped around by the wheel and really as you said yesterday like feel those bumps in the road and I feel like as we um, tend to ourselves and to what our spirit needs it allows us to like it brings us into those spokes so that the highs don't feel quite as high and the lows don't feel quite as low and it allows us to feel some more stability in there and how it's a little bit different than what you were saying yesterday as you were saying yesterday that it's really I heard what I heard you saying yesterday was a little bit more of like almost pausing and getting really connected to like what was the turn you said something about like washing windows or what was that thing that you said yesterday
1: oh a chop wood and carry yes. water
0: thank you chop wood like just like the super basics and that is totally like what I'm where I'm going to, mine just has a little bit more of this like quote unquote self care, like flair to it. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that. And I, I don't know that I I have a
1: different like in you know, it's not my, it's not like the medicine and the teaching you just shared is, is its own. um, I definitely don't want to say like, Oh yeah. Like I totally agree. Cause it's, it's definitely it's own unique teaching, a profound gift. Um, I love it. It's such an elevation, such an elevation to what it is often written as. And, you know, even that idea of chop wood, carry water, to isolate and specify this idea of it being deeply tethered to self-care is beautiful.
0: Thanks. It's just like one of my favorite cards.
1: and It's a good one. Yeah, It's a good one.
0: Yeah. I was just in that not too
1: long ago, and it was very very specifically very significantly and it was a real son of a bitch to be in it can be it can be hard but when you're doing the work that's asked of you it's a dream and once you're out of it I feel like it's a dream it's totally one of my favorite cards too I just um was fighting it so hard when you fight it it sucks <laughs> I yes. should clarify when you give into it It's real blissful, you know, it's like,
0: it's like how I mentioned recently that I, um, have been, you know, feeling the pull of like, that I'm overextended myself a little bit and Mm -hmm. the ego is like, but fuck, but there's all this stuff that I still want to do. Like, how could I have overextended myself? Like I want (laughs) to do all these things still. And that's like that reversal of the wheel of fortune where it's like, no, I don't, I don't want to focus on self care right now. Like I want to go do all this cool stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, so, as we come to a close, because we're getting close to an hour now, I have kind of like maybe just two questions that I want to ask. Um, the first one is I was hoping that maybe you could share just like one small takeaway that you'd want maybe a listener to like go out and take action on after this call to like deepen their own healing. And then after that, just kind of sharing with us any ways. Um, any offerings that you have out there right now or ways that people can connect with you and learn more from you going forward?
1: Wow. Um, yes, I can do both of those things. Um, I'm wowing at the, at the first question. Um, try for one day to honor the little voice. Um, the little voice is where all the gold is. It's that quiet voice that knows that we tend to want to be like, you don't know. It really knows everything. Um, and it's often drowned out by like comparison and social media and life. And, um, I think that it's a lot to ask to be able to say, Oh, just, you know, um, you know, trust the small voice. I don't know that that's realistic or possible or even kind, but you can do it Yoko Ono uh, a la grapefruit style and you can start with a day and then you can start with maybe practicing with a week and then maybe if you want to work up to it being um, a really deep mantra that you come back to every time you find that you're untethered and feeling lost or scared or in an important moment. Just coming back to what the little voice says and trusting it implicitly, I can't think of something more valuable
0: to share. I think that's super valuable. I love
1: that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been so great. Um, So here's where people can find me. You can find me on the internet by going to lindsaymack.com. You can also find me by going to Instagram. Uh, I'm wild soul healing on there. Um, I'm on Facebook, but that's not like real. I'm just on there because I have um, Facebook communities and that are related to my classes, but I am never on there. So if you friend me, I don't want anyone to be disappointed. (laughs) You're just not, you're not going to get much, but, um, and then probably when, you know, by the time we're here together. And uh, I'm teaching a week-long immersion. Um, I'm teaching a week-long retreat at Kripalu in Massachusetts all about um, tarot in a soul-centered way. And uh, the doors will be opening in about two months for my eight-week tarot course which happens totally online which is called tarot for the wild soul um and i have an ongoing offering called the sacred wheel that happens about twice a month and it's a pretty mellow offering it's um a very gentle subscription service and it really just talks about tarot magic ritual medicine um through the wheel of the year so we talk about it related to where we happen to be in the seasons and the weather um in terms of pagan holidays and stuff and then
0: um god is that it and i can't (laughs) like i literally i can't highly recommend it enough um if you're interested in checking out any of those things if you're interested in learning about tarot but it's always felt scary to you like Lindsay is the person that you want to learn from
1: little Amy thank you so much um, so that's so nice yeah I don't think I have anymore I know like as soon as I hang up I'm gonna be like whoa <laughs> but <laughs> I think that's I think that's it um, awesome.
0: yeah thank you for having me this has been so lovely thanks for being here it was great thanks for listening to another episode of Health Fuels Hustle if you want to catch up on previous episodes you can find them at healthfuelshustle.com or on iTunes or Stitcher And if you want to hear more about fueling your hustle, make sure you check out my website at amykoretzky.com. That's where you can find all of my free resources, sign up for my weekly-ish newsletter health notes, and learn more about how you can work with me to help you reach your health goals.